Hi everyone, welcome back to the relaunched Jack Howard Colour the Podcast. Formerly the Everyday Hair Colourist, rebranding, relook, and a great new format. We're actually coming to you filmed, so you not only can listen, you can watch us talk too. Today I'm talking to five wonderful women strong in their areas of independent education. We're going to talk about the independence. So first and foremost, enough of me. Welcome. Let's start with you, Emma. How are you? I'm good. I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Jack? I'm very well, Emma. Emma Fowler is independent educator. Tell us a little bit about your story, Emma. So um, I've been educating a little while now. Um, I started in my early 20s. I was very fortunate to have some good opportunities. Um, I was educating in a salon, so educating like assistants, and I got to do all my college stuff then. And then I went on to do brand education. And so I've worked for Goldwell and Weller. And for the last four years, I've been independent. So I've been working under my own name, doing my own courses, doing my own online thing for the last four years. And that's been since I've had my son. So that's fitted in really well with my life, really. Great. So there's, there's a great history going on there. Yeah. So let's introduce some more people. Carolyn Newman. Welcome, Carolyn. Thanks for coming on as well. Thank you, Jack. How are you? I'm good. And for those that might not know who you are, I doubt that's that's many. Just a little history of you. Just a little history of you. <laughs> um, well, actually, I was talking to someone last night and I had discovered that I wrote my first training program for a company at the age of 27. Wow. And that was my start of my journey onto education. And um, everyone knows I worked for Charles Worthington for 25 years and I was their colour and education director. So I looked after all their external, internal education, as well as travelling the world for Charles Worthington and, and L'Oreal. And four years ago, I decided, decided to take the plunge and set up on my own. And I run Colour and Education Consultancy. And I focus a lot on going into salons and working with teams and hairdressers. And that's really part of my, my main role, as well as doing Carolyn's Colour Business Chats, which is a mentoring programme for young salon owners. So that's where yeah, I am now. You have an amazing story as well. And I thought the, the really interesting piece about yours was the four years ago when you caused virtually an uproar by leaving <laughs> leaving a big corporation and going independent, which everyone kind of has a similar story of things through there. So let's keep moving. Welcome to you both. Sophie Boulevard, colour me Sophie B. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm amazing, sassy as always. <laughs> And tell us a little bit of the audience, a little bit about your story, how you got to be independent. Wow. Um, my education platform, Colour Me Sophie B, actually only started around about four months ago digitally. Um, so I don't really have a legacy to talk about, but it has, um, you know, gone down so well over the last four months. And really what I'm bringing to the table with this is a little bit of kind of what I do in the salon behind the chair. I'm still a hairdresser behind the chair, even though I own a salon. Um, and I've kind of incorporated every, every single person that I've trained throughout my whole hairdressing career. I've kind of formed these courses and classes off the back of it. And rather than going into salons, I will continue to do this digitally so I can re reach as many people as possible all around the world and get them super pumped and excited about all things colour. 
Brilliant. Love it. I love it. And, you know, I think I've known you for so long that I forget that it's 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 a shorter period of time because you've been doing <laughs> yeah. so much. Do you know what I mean? It I feels like, longer, Jack, to you, probably. <laughs> all in good, though. All in good. And then we're going to move on to Annalise Hess. Hello, Annalise. How are you? Hello. I'm lovely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And just tell our audience a little bit about your story and who you are. Um, so, oh, I feel like I've been all over the place. <laughs> shouldn't, probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> so I started, um, I started with Tony and Guy when I first trained, like thousands of years ago. And I was there for about five or six years. And then for quite a large sort of part of my career, I went on to educate at L'Oreal. Yes. I taught the colour specialist program. Um, that's where I met you, Jack, assisting you. That's where you that's taught where I me, met Carolyn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I was teaching lots of courses, but then I was also assisting um, educators like yourself, like Carolyn. Carolyn was one of the first people that I ever assisted when I was still on induction. I was super nervous, and she was so nice to me. Um, so I did that for a while, and. Then I loved it, but it kind of got to the stage where I needed to progress and there wasn't really anywhere to go. So I then moved to various different brands. I went to Kevin Murphy, some other education brands and got more into education management um, as well as actual education. And then in the middle of a pandemic, I decided to go to work back in the salon again and start my own education business with my business partner, Harriet Stokes. And we now have humankind hair. And here we are. It's it's a great story. I think so far everyone's bringing loads to the table. And the, the final guest on here today is the lovely Vivian Johns, who's going to bring even more to the table. Vivian, for those of people who haven't listened to you on my podcast, which I'm sure I don't understand why, um, tell me more. Tell us more about you. Oh, I have been hairdressing for 26 years. And 17 of those years, I was a salon owner. But... Yeah. Um, over the last couple of years, I have started helping and teaching other salon owners and hairstylists how to use Instagram to grow their business. And that's led on to me launching online courses this year, which have been really successful. And I just absolutely love it. But I also am part of the hair.com art team. So I still get to do hair, which is great. And I've been doing some online courses with them as well. Amazing. So we have this just breadth and wealth of experience that's brought to the table. For me, myself, I came back to the UK 11 years ago, and that's when I started independently educating people, because at that point in time, product companies weren't really interested in, they were more, it seemed to be more interested in supporting people who were working for big companies that were buying lots of products rather than necessarily education. It was sort of like an add-on, I felt, in retrospect. And I saw an opportunity to actually commercial hair color, go in and teach small salons. And I started off in some really small salons that are fantastic. And it sort of developed from there. And I've watched all of you at different ways grow and develop. And I've enjoyed the watching the journey because it's a fascinating industry, isn't it? Um, I, I believe, and this is the conversation, the first conversation, I think COVID-19 for all its awfulness has actually spurred the industry on to go digital and to go looking after independent people let's discuss that it's open chat on this one how do you feel about that because i think that independents were rising they were becoming more of the norm the american influence which 
through social media has permeated across to the UK. There's been this push for it, and a lot of people are doing it. How do you all feel? Start off, Emma, and it's a free fall, so just you know, join in. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like I feel like COVID nineteen has changed my business. Um, <clears throat> like, well, I've just got a completely different business now. Yeah. Um, and it's really opened my eyes to digital training. And um, prior to um, the pandemic, I had a Facebook group, a quite small Facebook group, uh, subscription based. And I did a little bit in there, but I wasn't really confident on camera. It wasn't really something I wanted to do. Viv's pushed me a lot to do that. Get on camera, do it a bit more and you get a bit more comfortable at doing it. <laughs> Good job, Viv. Good job. <laughs> um, so I felt like I was forced uh, forced in March to take it online. So I grew the group. I took my classes online and I was doing a lot of in-person before then. And I, I, I felt like I had no option, but I think it's like the best thing that's happened to my business, to be honest. Um, mm. I'm a lot more accessible to um, a wider audience. Um, I really enjoy it. It's what everyone wants to do at the moment. Um, so I feel like it has definitely had its positives and its negatives. But, you know, I, maybe without the pandemic, I still wouldn't have been doing it. I, yeah. I agree with that. Do we all agree with that piece yeah. there? The pandemic yeah. pushed yeah, absolutely. it, not yeah. 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 I, I mean, was like, um, oh, go on. Go on, go. Go. No, I was going to say, I, like, I literally had all these classes put on in March, April, May. I was teaching every Monday. And as uh, further on in lockdown, we were starting to realise, actually, this is not going to be three weeks and it's not going to be two months. This is going to be a long time. Didn't quite think it was going as long as what it had done. Um, but I had all these people that were going to come on classes and I was like, oh, actually, I'm just going to have to do it online. And every and I asked everyone what they thought. And I said, do you want to just do this online? Because there's not really a way out of this at the moment. And everyone just said, yeah, great. Let's just do it online. Yeah. 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 I uh, mean, talk uh, about <laughs> learning how to light yourself, talk to a camera. I mean, I'd never had to do any of that, really, because mm. it was always directed by other people. And suddenly it was me with a ring light. And then suddenly now I've got, you know, a thousand ring lights. But... <laughs> Who else think, kind of feels the same way? I, th I think we thought that um, hairdressers didn't want to learn online. Would you think? That's the message that, we were given, wasn't it? Yeah. Two years mm. ago, we would have said, like, nobody will learn through Zoom. Every hairdressers, we all said it, didn't we? We're hands-on people. Mm. We like to be in the room. But actually, look at every one of you. I don't do colour. I do What I do is really actually translates really well across Zoom, uh, online. But, like, you are all teaching colour skills online and it's coming across just as well. Yeah. I think, um, I think there was always the opportunity and Jack and I have had this conversation many times about it had to move towards being um, not just available in person and that was to do with travel, that was to do with cost and I think online has opened up a lot more opportunity we did have some big brands, you know, have their videos that they, you know, used to be able to buy the video collection, <laughs> etc. But now moving it on online has given it the opportunity for every level of whatever you're doing in the hairdressing industry, you yeah. can attend a course. Mm -hmm. And currently, I was talking about this again last night, when you're young, there's so much free stuff you can watch at the moment to inspire yeah. you, to motivate you. Um, and yeah. I love the fact that I can watch 
a, a global company like Tiny and Guy show their global collection. And you actually watch them go around the world. They went to Japan, they went to Italy, and it was just so inspiring. Yeah. And I think that's another thing, you know, the, the little education bits what we're doing is great, but also the bigger bits, the, the, they're bringing the shows to you now, which a lot of people could never go to the shows because they weren't invited or they couldn't co- pay the cost because it was £250. Yeah, yeah. so also, right. I think accessible. you're right. but I also, Accessible. Who said accessible? I'm sorry. Me. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm going to come to you in a minute. So, But I also feel that the big brands were slow to move and their education didn't resonate with with the audience, which is the hairdresser behind the chair, like us. We Mm. all work behind a chair still. And Mm. I think that that's where the problem was, that their online Mm. platforms weren't really speaking to the people, the salons I was going into, Mm. or the the people who were watching me paint. I don't want to leave Sophie or Annalisa. How do you guys feel about this? Start with you, Sophie. I feel like, you know, like everybody else, COVID was the worst thing that ever happened and the best thing that ever happened, you know. Um, But I also think that for myself, within the first lockdown from March till July, um, that was when I kind of put the groundwork in on my courses and things like that and started brainstorming. And then... Um, I decided then that really, like, you know, it's all very well being good, a good hairdresser, you know, being successful, but that doesn't mean that you are going to be a good educator. And I was yes. also very aware that everybody was going to be called an educator <laughs> at some point. So I did loads of work <laughs> on myself. Um, I worked with Chris Moody. I don't know if you don't know who yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, he beat me up and sorted <laughs> me right out. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, and basically then all the classes just sort of came together. And, um, you know, then when we went into lockdown in November, I was in a position, all guns are blazing, to go forward and be really confident with the classes that I was going to be teaching and making sure that I was going to give value to the people who'd invested in me. That was Mm. the most important thing. Yeah, I think value is important on there. But I do think that lockdown, I think that's a great one. The best and the worst thing that could happen to individuals some people yeah. just handled it worse but other people found their strength in it yeah. Annalise mm. I don't want to leave you out join the party <laughs> <laughs> um yeah do you know what online education has been a really weird one for for us I say us because it's not just my education it's me and Harriet together um so we we always had the plan to take edu- take our education online, but we weren't necessarily planning on doing it quite this quickly. Probably like yeah. a lot of people, um, we we only set up our business in September. We launched so like slap bang in the middle, you know that small window where we're, we're allowed to go to the pub again. It was like woo, and we're like ah, oh, so <laughs> while we're there. So, so we did, and we had a couple of courses booked for October, a couple booked for November, um, and then, of course, we launched um, January, February, March as well. So out of the eight courses we had, um, six of them had to cancel. Only two of them managed to go ahead, which were at the end of October. And we kind of, we didn't immediately think, let's just put it online, because I think just like, because what we've just been talking about, how kind of the perception was maybe that online education is um, not as good. 
you know, I was going to say not the same, but actually I stand by that. It's not the same. Of course, it's completely different. But I think the perception was it wasn't as good. But we kind of, we ended up going online more quickly than what we thought. Kind of by accident, we we put a post <laughs> the best things happen we put a post out it was a little bit of a controversial post all about pricing and for big color jobs and it just blew up and we had lots and lots of demand to do an online course all about pricing and the, the particular topic we've been discussing and so we did and it went better than we could have hoped for oh, amazing and then we thought well you know like actually what are we waiting for why are we keep putting off our in-person courses let's just take the plunge stop being yeah. so scared of technology and just get on with it oh, well done. <laughs> yes well done i mean Thanks. i think that's a great segue into into vivian really because we're going to talk about technology the queen of technology she's teaching mm. that vivian, did you do in-person classes have yours always been online I've never done in-person classes, no. And the reason I went online was because I was actually going to be doing an in-person class at Emma Fowler's studio, right. uh, teaching social media. This is the story, isn't it? This is how it happened. So I had yeah. a in-person class set up for April and obviously that didn't happen. And Emma said to me, take it online. And I was like, oh, Emma had been saying to me for a year before, you need to be teaching this online because I was working as part of a coaching group and that's where I kind of honed my you know that's where I did my very first live and like got over that bit and learned how to teach and also learned from other salon owners what they needed to learn yes. so so that class fell, fell apart and I set up my first online boot camp and it's just grown and grown and grown from there and and I've kind of developed more courses as time's gone on. So it started off as just a little five session course. And now I do a 12 week mentoring program for hairdressers who want to learn how to use Instagram. So you, Vivian's always been online and Sophie has always been online as well, if I'm correct. And the rest of us were sort of pushed into it a little bit. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Forced. Forced, into it. Forced, Forced by the pandemic. Forced by the pandemic, which of course is the learning curve. So it's it's fascinating, isn't it? Um, I think that I will. I miss in person. I miss that that connection. That sort of mm -hmm. those little moments. You know, when you're you say, oh, you hold your brush a little bit differently. And you can sort of do the nuances and mm -hmm. all those pieces. But I found it online education to be immensely satisfying and incredibly enriching for me and the the feedback that, that you get I mean it's wonderful to hear all of that and it's you know people are asking questions and using you as a resource I think it, I think it's really cool and it's really interesting what do you think and we'll start with Annalise on this one if you want I'm not picking on anyone sure yeah <laughs> what do you think the pros and cons the number one pro and the number one con of being online for education so far for you. Okay, as a as a business or as, as somebody a, taking as part an educator. in the education? As, as, an as, educator. An, okay. as an independent educator, yeah. Okay, fine. So for us, I guess the best thing about online, oh, do you know what, there's a few good things, to be honest. You can only give me <laughs> one, though. <laughs> the, okay, okay, fine. So the best thing has to be... Um, the accessibility, you know, how many yes. people you can reach out to. And of course, Brilliant. your costs are typically lower. 
so so that works um what isn't the same yeah you don't you don't have that connection mm. you know with people I don't think in quite the same way you do have a connection and it's nice because you form more connections with more people but the little light bulb moments yeah you see them come up in the chat box and maybe people send you a little dm or afterwards which is lovely um also i miss just going to oh, going to like, see people face to face we're gonna we're, yeah but you know what's gonna happen we're gonna get to <laughs> carolyn or vivian and they're gonna be like right she had three i'm having three <laughs> <laughs> so emma you were you like me went online in the pandemic pros best pro best con so um i'll start with the con because i've thought about that um okay i feel like people treat online education a bit more flippantly than in person so if you were going to travel say to my studio and do a balayage course you've invested probably a bit more money you're going to go you're going to sit in a small group you're going to have eyes on what you're doing I know because I've done this myself, I've bought online courses where I'm watching it, I'm homeschooling, I'm flicking in and out, I'm on a little bit of Instagram and I've bought some that I've not even tuned into um, where I've been sent a link. I think I'll watch it later. I don't feel people are always invested in um, in online as much as in person. Um, I feel like people can be a bit more flippant with it. So that's um, your con. Yeah, my pro is that you can reach loads more people. And yeah. I've changed my setup massively. I found online doing shorter classes is is really much like a lot nicer. I was starting doing like seven hours online and I thought you end up feeling like you're talking to yourself half the time. <laughs> so I've got yeah. down to like two hour snippets, I suppose, yeah, more so. That, that was three as well, Emma. <laughs> right Liz, you're the, but i want to i want to hold on to your con on that one because of the people not not taking it seriously i want to hold on to that for a further conversation sophie what do you th now what do you think are the pros and cons of being online for you I, the pros for me and probably what my niche is, other than colour, okay, I have somehow, and I don't know how, but I've managed to create this massive, like, hairy pantomime-style class situation where, like, I get so much engagement. Like, so I can have a class of, like, 15 to 20, and I'm asking them questions, and they're all shouting out, and they're all, you know, getting involved, and they all get super pumped and excited. Um, and I know a lot of that's got to do with the person delivering it and how you want your classes to go. But yeah. I think, ultimately, the pro of doing it online is that I almost feel safer doing it online. Um, so I can really let myself go. Like, I, I'm not quite sure how transferable that would be in a room. I definitely need a bigger stage, Jack, if I was <laughs> doing it in a room. Get the feathers out. <laughs> and what's the con? We can come back to you if you want to think about no, that. No, do you know what? It's the camera angles. Camera angles. Yeah, yeah I can, so, I And I've got a really one. good setup, but... It, it's not like I think I've really got good at it compared to what I was like in the first place, you know. But sometimes the angles are just wrong for the for the students to be able to see better, you know. They can't sort of move around you, can they? Because they're not no. standing next to you. 
I want to hold on to the con on that one. So camera angles. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Hold on to that one. Hold and on. then Emma's conversation piece about value in it. I want to hold on to that one. I yeah. want to jump to Carolyn <laughs> and I want to ask you the pros and cons. Uh, my pro is that I've got to know my students better. And I think when you're on a live course, you often get to chat to them maybe at lunch or maybe afterwards. But I've been doing a lot of one-to-one education. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing that online. I think people found it much easier to approach because it's online. You can do it at a slightly lower cost um, because people have been aware of, of costs at the moment. Um, but I've got to know people more. So I'm building relationships with these people. So I'm not yep. just doing one session with them. I'm doing eight or nine one-to-one sessions with them. So I, I feel for me the one-to-one has really changed. Um, yeah, because my business has definitely changed online. There's something definite to be positive to be said about online relationships because for three ladies on here, I started my relationship with them by online, just chatting, <laughs> yeah, and a I message, think, you know, yeah, <laughs> a, DM. a message, a DM, and it start or a comment on a post, and it starts from there. So I love, <clears throat> I love that. What's been the con for you, Carolyn? Um. The con, the con for me is that it's a quite a saturated market. Right. So I think you have to stand, stand out. Um, and you, I, I feel once we, you know, like the first lockdown, I think that my phone was going nuts every night because I could, what, one night I counted I could watch 25 lives if I wanted mm. to, of a I haircut think- or a colour going on. I want to um, hold that one. I want to hold that oversaturated because I think that is fantastic con to it. And then Viv, Vivian, can I call you Viv? Yes, everyone calls me Viv. <laughs> All right. So I feel like I'm relaxing into this now. So Viv, what do you think the pros and the cons are of being online? So do you know what? For me, it's really difficult to say a con because what I teach is obviously social media skills and uh, technology online so what I teach comes across really really well online and also because it's a long group it's it's 12 weeks so I mean could somebody come and visit you at a studio once a week every 12 weeks it's unlikely isn't it that anybody would be able to travel you know to one location so for me it's all pros really online for me and just like Carolyn says, I get to know the students really, really well. And in that time, we do a lot of one-to-ones as well. So for me, it's all pros. I can't even think of a con, apart from <clears throat> never off my phone. <laughs> like, literally <laughs> okay. never off my phone. I, I was going to say to you, because I was watching your Instagram story the other day, it was your poor husband that has to stand outside, <laughs> like you said, like a dog. While you're online. <laughs> yeah. Look, I have my own room now, so he doesn't have yeah. to do that anymore. Yeah. I, you know, for me, it it was weird because it it pushed me out of my comfort zone going online, and I'm sort of I do get a little bit sort of dogmatic in my ways, and it forced me to look at all of those. And the, but I do believe that the the pros are the relationships because somehow this phone also allows you to still carry on the conversation after your class. If you want to, as an independent educator, you're allowed to build those relationships and you can tune in and tune out. Um, And I I really like that. 
I want to, and anyone can answer this one, and we'll start off, it's Emma's, Emma's con, but I think it's a huge one, the perception that online education is crap. <laughs> who, wants, who wants to take it? Yeah, do you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, Good. <laughs> I Good. think, <laughs> I think yeah. as Carolyn said, one of the challenges that it's so saturated and... Oh, that's two questions are answering there. <laughs> no, I, I think that's yeah. part of the perception of why it's crap because there's so much of it. Yeah. You know, so it's like you're spoiled for choice. So it's But do you think you really are spoiled for choice? Kind of special or unique as such anymore. Um, I, I, I think the conversation. I think about it depends it being, what your priority is. I think the crap piece of it goes back before the pandemic. I really do. Mm -hmm. I think people sort of, mm -hmm. you know, it, was, it's, it reminds me of a DVD or a CD or, you know, a Betamax tape or something like that. It's all very glossy. It doesn't really speak to you. It's sort yeah. of, it's, a, mm. it's branded, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You, everyone has a different definition of crap as well when they're looking yeah. at the internet. Of course they do. Of course they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so. somehow, somehow online got the reputation of being no good. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that was across, that was all of us. Suddenly yeah. we're all pushed in that category, aren't we? Yeah. But yes, yeah. it's definitely, I agree with you. There were, a million people going live but I think in a good way that was great because people were getting their practice in about you know learning from their their failings in it I mean nobody ever starts as you know nobody starts off a great educator do they I mean you no. used no. to be you used to assist backstage yeah. then you'd maybe pass a foil up on stage and then maybe you've got a you know a little square at some hair show in the back of beyond or something with a silk Mm. It's a fabric well, over a box. And then suddenly everyone was just live. Hi, I'm here. Well, I, I was very fortunate because I built all my education career without anyone really watching what I was doing, you know, because it wasn't online. People yeah. only saw me when I walked out on stage and that was rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. Um, and everything I did building up to my career, I built it without actually people seeing the mistakes or, um, you know, yes, I did ha have an apprenticeship in becoming an educator. As you say, I had to assist and then I was allowed to talk on stage and it kept getting stronger and stronger. But at the end of the day, I was very fortunate. Now you have to, if you want to be an online educator, you have to start being going online immediately. Yeah. Um, and you have to rehearse though, don't you? I think yeah. rehearsal's a yeah. huge piece of it. Yeah. I mean, who, who's done a presentation online and not rehearsed. Me? All the time. I do it all the time. I don't ever rehearse. No, I don't. No, I, I don't. always do. Same, I would Never. always rehearse. Always. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 know, I know you would, Annalise. Always, yeah, you're with me. I make all of my friends get up early and rehearse my morning session before I start at 10 o'clock. So they have to watch me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some, some people are just really good at winging it, aren't they? Some people have got that, like, Yes, they can just like turn it back on if it starts to, you know, their, their skill is winging it. But And then there's other people. It's just different ways yeah. people are, I suppose. I, I, I like think, to practice. I think yeah. because I teach, I teach what I do all the time. Yes. I don't, my practice is obviously like my clients and I teach weekly. 
So maybe I feel like I have practiced, but I'm teaching similar formats time and time and time again. Yeah. So, um, so I, I suppose I've just come really rehearsed in, yes. in the, the PowerPoints and the formats yeah. of my class. And I've had a lot of brand education where everything is so formatted. You know, everything is, you know, beginning, middle and an end. And I still kind of behave like that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I do yeah. really. Yeah. Um, that background of, of brand education has sort of instilled that that formatting in for me so I don't I don't feel like I rehearse but I probably everything is quite repetitive um, yes. because I'm just talking mm. about what I'm doing all the time I'm talking about highlights I'm talking about balayage it's just sort yeah. of you know yeah so for yeah. me in my classes like it because of the way my classes are it, they are so um, uplifting and because everybody gets so involved like if I drop my brush or my foil doesn't go in quite right or anything like that. Like it actually helps me to engage with everyone so they know I'm not perfect either. So Authentic. Yeah, like so they all like laugh with me. They're all like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know, but look at this, look how amazing it looks. <laughs> don't worry, um, Sophie, that happens even if you've rehearsed it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I, I went to go off stage once and walked into a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. In front that. of quite a lot of people. That is hilarious. <laughs> but I turned it into a catwalk walk, so that was fun. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> and the other thing is that none of those things stopped you. So for people that are interested in maybe starting some online education or starting to presentation skills or whatever, we haven't we haven't given up by the mistakes. Some of us have rehearsed no. a little bit more. Some of us have got it down pat a little bit more. Now, the bit I don't rehearse is the chat and the application because, you know, I'm known for one thing. That's kind of what I do. But, <coughs> pardon me, what I do rehearse is camera lighting, lighting angles to make sure that I look, that one, you can see me, and two, that I feel okay looking into the camera and I don't think, oh my God, that looks hideous. So I find the lighting bit and getting all that done is my prep for an hour or an hour and a half beforehand. Yeah. Oh, I'm terrible. I still like, I did a live the other day and they were like, can you get in your camera a little bit more? And I'm like, it's fine. So I, I tend to film myself just the block or the light or the model. And I might pop my head in occasionally, but I'm still really awful at all of that. I can sit and do this like that. That's fine if I'm sat down, but doing the block, I'm I'm terrible at hiding. And people say, oh, it'd be nice to see your face. And I'm like, <laughs> so you can just see my hands doing a block. Because I'm like, that's the focus. So I'm still quite... I'm terrible at that. Even though it says Viv says get your face in front of the camera all the time, um, I'm still um, I definitely need a lot more practice on that area. Um, I need to do that beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I when I'm teaching, it's all and because I'm only doing it on the my phone at the moment. So I'm going to talk about platforms in a minute because all of us are doing different platforms, which I think is fascinating too. But because it's the phone and it's in it's in portrait, I can put the blockhead in there and I could be right out of angle. And I'm quite happy with it. It's the way I I'm, like I'm that. Six, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's six yeah. three, and I'm sort of trying to get down like this to say hi. To it's, sort of, it's hard, isn't it? Who who else struggles with lighting on here? Because it can cost a fortune. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's difficult. It's, it's yeah. Like where I am now, it's great lighting. Mm. Um, but we have to. Well, when we do our courses, we do it here as well. Yeah. 
obviously the salon's closed. So, um, and we have a big screen that we have to block out all of the natural light because where we are is right on Clapham Common. It's beautiful, but the sun sets there. So the lighting changes throughout yeah. the day. <laughs> yeah. And of course, we're also, when, we, when we're teaching, we're trying to fit two of us into the shot. Plus, if we're doing a technique like a doll's head or maybe two as well, and social distancing. So yeah. it's quite challenging. <laughs> I, uh, do you know what I love about our industry, though, whether it's online or offline, we learn how to pivot, don't we? I mean, we, yeah. we we pivoted all the way through this and we I, th I think we're solution based rather than, oh, well, I, I can't do it. We find solutions. And I think with lighting, I mean, I I learned to light from watching people like you, Jack, watching other people. And then I would I would just message them going, what lights have you got? Yeah. And then I just went and bought the same lights. But I, I started off with a ring light. I then realised that I needed some more lights. Um, and, you know, now, you know, I'm sure my neighbours think I'm, you know, filming a movie or something, you know, like all the lights <laughs> and everything going on. But it's, it's, I've also ditched a couple as well. So I think you had to play around with what, yes. what lifts it. Um, I also realised that I had lit my house to be very soft and moody. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm doing it at home. I want it to be bright and light. So, of course, yeah. I, changed, I changed all the light bulbs um, yes. in the house. So, so again, I, I do think that it's been really good that people have shared because I felt that when you're starting off doing this, there was no right or wrong way. And no. you actually, some people were lighting it better than others. And I, I picked up the phone and said, what are you using? Yes, that's, <laughs> um, because, that's a great point. I did that too. Yeah. I did that too. I, I think people are really good at what, the, in, during the pandemic, people are more accepting of everything being a little bit less formal. Like they understand that everyone is new to this <laughs> and not everyone can use Zoom. And like my first Zoom, I was like, oh my God, like what if it all goes wrong? Like now I'm a bit better at it. But like, you know, if I think people are just more accepting of different <clears throat> situations, you know, working from home, that you're not always going to be in a in a salon, that, you know, sometimes if it's in the evening, I'm, I'm in my kitchen because my husband's putting my son to bed. And I think before the pandemic, that probably wouldn't have been so acceptable. But now yeah. we all know we're in each other's houses because yeah. no one could go anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's, it's the, you know, we're all just accepting of, of the situation. Mm. Um, so I think that's been better for online training because... I think before I would have felt like I needed some big major setup, whereas now I feel like I can just go live on my phone and it being a bit more casual. Mm. Um, I think that's a, so that's a been great a bonus. point, Emma. Yeah. Because yeah. I in my last house before I moved here, and this house I've got like the, I used the top. It was a bedroom with an ensuite, but I used this as the studio. My old house, you sort of saw into my sitting room, and I had to move that around a bit. But everyone kind of liked the fact that they got a taste of, you know, the house and who you are, and it was part of your personality. And when I moved up here I was like I just used the plain wall but then it felt too clinical so I had to get a bookshelf and put some bits and pieces <laughs> on it so that it it felt like you were sort of still with me on the on this sort of journey and you know it started I started off in a kitchen with a ring light and have just progressed upwards it's I mean how, it's, how, many, Jack. how many lights do you have now Jack so I've got two big LED lights behind the laptop <laughs> then I've got a ring light facing the wall behind the laptop a ring light facing down on me and then two soft boxes here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so inadequate right now. <laughs> so that was, that was six. That's 
<laughs> and then I've got two other LED lights because you know in England it's not the same as Australia as you know it's like the lighting just changes so quickly yeah. and I've got two so others, dark. yeah yeah so I just sort of play around with it somebody said to me the other day you look really pale I'm like I'm just overlit. don't worry <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fine I'd rather be overlit than underlit. <laughs> now what I really wanted to get from everyone, because I think that it's, it's so vast and so there's so many different platforms. There are people that are really busy on Facebook with their independent education, their groups, their mentoring. There are people really busy on Instagram doing that, making it private, making it public, depending on what it is. People are starting to look at TikTok as ways of educating, but in a different manner. So this is a free-for-all. What do you think the pros and the cons are at the moment? What's your favourite? And I'm obviously going to hold some pieces from there that we can discuss deeper. So, Annalise, I'm going to ask you, what, what are your feelings on it? Where, where are you going at the moment with your online education? Um, so we, for us, our audience is on Instagram, our main audience, yep. so that it just makes sense for us to, to function there. We have a Facebook page as well, but to be honest, we're both terrible and we forget it exists all the time so, <laughs> so I have to keep the tab open on my laptop otherwise I literally forget that we have it because I don't use Facebook personally so I just never go on there so <laughs> for me um it works using Instagram one because that's where everyone is like our audience and it's where I am so it means that I'm more kind of in tune with it if that makes sense yeah absolutely I like that I too have a, I mean, I have a Facebook page linked to my Instagram page. So that's sort of, mm. it, but I only just post whatever's on Instagram. I never really look at it and I don't respond yes. to it. It's awful. Same, I, same. Yeah. But I am aware that it, that it is a very successful business model. And I know that Sophie and Emma both do really well on that. What is it that drew you guys to Facebook? I'll start with you, Sophie. Sophie B, give me some sass. Yeah. Well, basically, um, I wanted to really make sure with my education that that it was going to be kind of accessible, like all over the world, really. I had really big, like, ambitions with it. And so I wanted to also have a group. Um, where I could filter people in that thought I was great on Instagram or whatever and liked watching my stories and things like that. And and I had like a separate, almost like a holding room to put them in to get used to me. And so they could sort of try me out, watch me do demos and lives and read my blogs and all of that in my Facebook group. Um, So that then when I presented them with new exciting courses and classes, they kind of didn't feel like they were being sold to it was kind of like an organic get to know me sort of thing so in my I've grown it to like three and a half thousand now since um it was probably started in June yeah wow I've grown it to that um and it's full of people all over the world it's really cool um which has brought me a lot of success doing classes in the US and things like that already in such a short space of time because I like my craziness um so that's good goes down well and but really as I say it's more of a holding room so I use my Instagram page and my Facebook page almost as a hook 
and then I filtered them into my Facebook group. Um, and then obviously with my classes, um, that's where I kind of present those to them. So I find that much better rather than just going in cold with like a cold ad, you know? Can I, um, can I, can I ask you something? So you've obviously worked hard at building up that relationship yeah. with your audience and it's yeah. different. Do you actually go live to do your classes in a closed Facebook group or do you use another platform? So on Instagram, I've got like a private group and I, I use that a little bit, but yeah. I mostly do all my classes on Zoom. And then I've got private groups. If they buy replay, I will then filter them into the associated replay group, which is on Facebook, but that's secret. So nobody can see it unless I put you in there. And so right. what I don't do is offer a replay without the class. They have to do the live class to get the replay and that's very wow. important to me because it means that then I can make sure they understand the information I'm delivering um you know which was super important but it's just helped me think of it like rather than going back to what you said about it being saturated it's only saturated to us because all we are is friends with hairdressers so yeah. Joe, Joe Bloggs who works at Curl Up and Die okay that's got one hairdresser friend it's not so saturated to her so, as, yes, you've got to stand out. Yes, you've got to have your face everywhere. But I do actually think these days, the way it is now, whereas before people would just buy your course because you're famous and work for a colour house, these days they want to get to know you. They want to know yeah. that you just like them. Yes. You know? then and that's that the difference. That touches on what we talked about earlier, though, isn't it, about building – Carolyn mentioned it. I was talking about building these relationships yeah. with people – which yeah, means definitely. that in the time when you're not doing the class, you're still messaging mm -hmm. and writing, but you've taken it to a whole new art form. Emma, I'm going to jump into you because I know that you've done a lot on Facebook as well, I believe, yeah? Yeah, so I, I have a, a totally different setup. I've actually got a <coughs> membership group on Facebook. So I didn't the know you could even do that. <laughs> yeah, so I just have a, a group and then people pay to subscribe on my website and then come into the group. Um, so my mine's actually... Um, like a paid for group and originally it started off because I was doing all these classes and I felt that there was like a missing link after so people would come on my master classes I have four different ones and sometimes they do all four but I still felt like with balayage you can't just do a day course and then you're a master at it they often sometimes wouldn't even have that type of client in for six months so I felt like the ongoing support after that was missing so originally the group was for people to just pay some like pay a membership do the class come into the group and we can sort of have a bit of ongoing support and um, I changed that slightly because of the pandemic um, and now there's a lot there's obviously a lot of people that have done education with me but it's also a lot of people that haven't um, and I do a live every month and I've just started having guest artists in so um, Casey Coleman's doing vivids in there which is totally out of my remit of colouring so yeah. I have people in that compliment what I do um, so that's grown over 600% since the beginning wow. of the pandemic um, and um, again a little bit like Sophie I then drop in my master classes into there and then I do them on Zoom so it's an area where I can also say right I'm doing my foiling or my balayage master class and then I move away from Facebook onto Zoom for that. Right that's really really interesting you two have just seen nailing it through that. Um, Carolyn, Vivian I'm sorry <clears throat> gosh it's not covid 
I'm Caroline, Caroline <laughs> Vivian. We can never cough uh, again. Never cough uh, again, exactly. <laughs> Do you have anything to add on to that Facebook thing through there? <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, I, I have a Facebook group as well. It's exactly the same kind of set up. Um, I find people to join my group through Instagram. And then I take them over to Facebook. And that's where the 12-week course happens all on Facebook. So I do very much like Sophie and Emma, a live inside this private group that people pay to be part of. Um, but the thing about Facebook that makes this 12-week course really work is, is it's a community. And obviously right. people can write on the Facebook wall like what about this and ask for help and support each other, upload their social media wins, upload their reels that they're working on. Um, whereas obviously if we were doing that on Zoom, it's over and it's done. So the Facebook group works really well for Even me and what I teach. You can't do it on Instagram. You no. can do yeah. it live. You mm. only get comments. But um, I can... You know, people share all their work on my group. They ask yeah. questions. Mm. Um, you know, like it's really interactive. But Instagram doesn't have that same um, that same level. You can't use it for that. So, can I ask you, Vivian? Do you find it hot? God, hot, Do you <laughs> find it difficult to move people from an Insta platform to a Facebook? Do you find resistance in that? Do any of you find resistance no, in that? Or is it just no, like no problem? Yeah, no, no problem. give me more, give me more, where yeah. are you? Yeah, <laughs> Anyone exactly. can set up a Facebook. A few people yeah. have said to me they don't use Facebook, so I've got a couple of people under their husband's profile or something yeah. like that. Mm, um, but I'm not asking for people to come and find me. It's on my website or on my Instagram, so it's not mm. like I'm a facebook page where i want people to just pop up or search for me they have to have gone through something else to find me you um, only want people there that want to be yeah. with you yeah, yeah exactly. everyone's a qualified hairdresser um and most of the time i know them or or whatever but they go through my website and then come into the group so it's not like you know i and they're not just randomly coming across me yeah, and if yeah. anyone's Same. ever said to me i don't have a facebook you can set one up yeah you know i've got yeah. a few people with no profile picture you know that's fine yeah I, I have exactly the same oh, sorry. it's sorry it's it's so easy because obviously we are selling the courses on Instagram I think most of us would use Instagram as our platform to sell or to find mm. people to to join mm. us and then obviously they come and pay to join the course through your website and you simply just send them the link to your secret Facebook group and it's as easy as that yeah you know I don't use Facebook personally either no, no, I don't. I mean, I've got a couple of friends who are older than me, if that's even possible, <laughs> and they're in North America, and we sort of like, you know, a couple of pictures of them. But I've, I hardly look at it. Carolyn, do you have a, a Facebook over Instagram, or where are you with it? Um, well, actually, I I find Facebook is amazing for international. So yeah. I have I have a very big international following on Facebook, um, and I I get my client my um, students from both platforms, and I find the younger students come from Instagram. A lot of people are, but there is a lot of older students that contact me on Facebook through my page, mm. um, and that's I, I actually need both to be honest with you because sometimes when I think oh I won't focus so much on Facebook because I'll really focus on Instagram. All of a sudden, I'm getting lots of messages on on Facebook about when are you doing this course? So, I and, and I do feel sometimes that 
the interaction sometimes, like the girls are saying with Facebook, is a bit more. And I definitely find that internationally. I guess it's interesting. The the takeaway from this for me is that, I mean, I don't know about you, Annalise, but if you thought, I kind of think I maybe should be looking at Facebook a little bit more on here as an independent because it's yeah. something I know Sophie's invited me to loads of things and I'm like oh I don't I have it. you're so rude yeah. you never come <laughs> but I feel like I mean how do you women you know edu- independent educators how do you manage Instagram I mean Vivian you're on it as much as me I mean we virtually <laughs> live there yeah. I mean Instagram and then Facebook, not just a Facebook group, but like a members group where people are wanting you to be present. How yeah. do you and and Emma, a mom? Well, you're you're all in fact you're all moms. Yeah. Sophie, Vivian, Emma, you're all moms. You've all got kids at home. I, I have help. I have right. help. So I have somebody. Um, I have a a, a VA, and yeah. a membership group is I. I didn't take into account the huge amount of admin yeah. that comes with mm-hmm. that failed card yes. payments expired card payments all that sort of stuff oh. um so I have someone that does that um so I have to have help um, right. and, my, things. and my, I have a um, website woman who's automated it all so subscriptions classes links all of that stuff you really have to do all that stuff back in the day I used to do manual receipts I used to send people directions to a class you know on my phone mm. you have to have a really good setup I think really yeah yeah, yeah. I've yeah. Got it's, a, it's a full-time job it, it is yeah. sorry it sorry is. Vivian Sophie, Sophie go on tell me it's a full-time what it's I said it's a full-time job and my husband had to pack his job in to facilitate me doing all this and I'm not even joking it was like four weeks before lockdown he came onto team Sophie B yeah (laughs) (laughs) poor Pete (laughs) poor Pete Pete got me into Clubhouse which we're going to talk about in a minute and Viv (laughs) Viv, what were you saying I was saying exactly the same it is a full-time job and actually um it's a full-time job that I've switched from being a salon owner into this full-time job yeah, you know, so yeah. you um, it's uh, Sophie's got Pete, and Emma's got her her VA, and I just couldn't do this group and be in the salon, and also yeah. obviously Carolyn, I work with Carolyn with Hair.com, and I want to be able to still do my freelance session work because that like makes me sing and makes me so happy. So I had mm. to I had to make a choice, and it wasn't an easy choice, but. Sometimes you've got to make selfish choices. Yeah, I've got Carrie, of course, who just, you know, I mean, just strategy and, you know, pull it together, Jack, and you can do it, and all the other stuff that is just I've needed this year because it's all grown so brilliantly, which, you know, thankfully, but I I couldn't do it on my own. It's, it's impossible. Mm. Um, Caroline, are you doing it all on your own? You obviously, with yeah, hair.com, no. you don't have to. You've got the hair.com. Yeah hair.com team yeah although with her i mean hair.com is interesting because um when we were talking about how we coped with the covid crisis we set up our education business the one thing we were given when we went into lockdown was time and i decided to instead of focusing on my own business which is it is doing exactly how i want it to be i then thought i always wanted to write an education program for the hair.com art team and it gave me the time to write it. 
So in lockdown, I wrote a full program for a big team um, and then presented it. And then we were thrown into the second lockdown or third lockdown. And it was like, oh, we need to do everything online. Um, I do do it myself. Um, I haven't had to call in in help. Um, I'm quite organized, but I also have always been good at the the admin side, because I was an operations director for a massive company for three years. So Mm. I can do all of that quite naturally. I think if you can't do that naturally, that's when you need help. We need a Caroline. That's what we need. We all need a Caroline. Some people people are really good at the creative and not good at that, that side. Well, I'm very fortunate. I'm able to do both bits. Yeah. I just go blank when I start looking at all of that. Yeah, I I want to touch back on that earlier piece of the conversation that um, that back to it really is that online education is crap, is rubbish. And obviously, from this conversation, there's an awful lot of work that goes into good education. There's an awful lot of planning. There's an awful lot of prep Mm -hmm. and it's not and it can be a full time business in itself. So obviously it's not crap. But how do you think? We can continue to, one, encourage people to be independent, yeah, because the way the market's gone, um, more salons are closing down. Uh, the number is is really large now. More people are going independent, as in on their own. Smaller salons, if they've navigated this properly, will survive. But ones that are going from, you know, check to check, it's going to be more difficult for them. How do we encourage people to be independent like us? We're all... I'm going to use Sophie B's word. We're all sassy. We're all out there doing it. And in our, in our own way, we bring our own sass to, sass to the pot. How do we encourage people to do that? But how do we also make sure that the, the not the standard, it sounds so corporate, doesn't it? But the level that is, is, is attainable for people that doesn't dilute the message, still looks professional and encourages people, but also allows people to want to get to that point because there has to be levels on it doesn't there really you don't just start off in jazz mm. hands no so mm. who would like to start that one it's a big hey. one quite broad yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, i just i just think it starts off with having the people that are gonna educate be educated in how to educate have i said that right yeah that's the one um yeah, because I think that's really where the problem is, you know. So I think if you are serious about going independent and away from getting your hands held with a big company, you know, um, you really need to be investing money and time, you know. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a long time because just like hairdressing, you could have one hairdresser that takes a year to train and they're amazing. Or you could get another one that's trained for 30 years and still can't cut a straight line you know I don't think it's time as in years I just think it's investing to make sure that you stand out amongst the sea of educators and that's what's going to happen I think so yeah there's loads of educators but what's going to happen is the cream's going to rise to the top and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think, I, that, well, that's my, my advice anyway. Yeah, I just think educate yourself and, um, yeah. 
can, Who can would I... like to com- Yes, Carolyn, you're going to comment <laughs> on that one. Cream rising to the top. Tell me. Um, I also think I've been talking a lot about independence and recently it's sort of a big, big subject. And for independence, we have to invest in our own education. So, you know, we educate people, but all of us must be doing our own education as well. And I've had a couple of people, not couple, quite a few say to me, how do I become an educator? And I say, well, you have to invest in yourself. You need to do some education courses and presentation courses. Mm. Um, And also investing in yourself as an independent. At the end of the year, you should be in December. You should be like saying, what have I done this year? What's worked well? What what's hasn't? What do I need to improve on? And what's my budget? Because I allocate every January a budget to spend on my development. Yes. And I think it's really anyway, and that could be 50 quid. You know, again, it's whatever you want, but you need to put some money aside for your development as an independent. And well, otherwise, also, what happens to you though is that you become what the product companies became at one point, irrelevant. Yeah. Because yes. they were they were mm. teaching the strangest color patterns, and Emma, I mean, you you like me, we do commercial, 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 commercial. I mean, I think we all do it to a piece, but I mean, I do balayage, 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 balayage. But there was a point when product companies said to me, "Oh, we don't want to do that. This is mm. England. We foil." Mm. You know, yet the market yeah. wanted it, mm. and it's there. And there are a couple of you here that come from a manufacturing education background, so you bring to the table an understanding of the differences in it oh yeah and I, I don't educate anything like I did when I was a brand educator I educate the same but the stuff I'm educating I look back and I think I almost cringe a little bit the stuff that I have to teach people <laughs> because we'd be showing a collection on a Friday and then we'd be out in salons the next week teaching it and saying oh yeah you know everyone wants this this and this and no wonder the stylists were a little bit like what that's a bit that's a bit long-winded or like why yeah. would I do, why would I be doing that and um I don't even color the same way I did when yeah. I did any of that stuff mm-hmm. um I'm a lot more commercial now um they were commercial techniques but god my clients now wouldn't have something out of a collection book mm-hmm. you know they want something off Instagram so um yeah definitely taste and change but I do feel that that's probably where yeah, the difference is in independent um, versus if you've come from a manufacturer, like you just said. Yeah. Anyone you know else, else to add to that is... one? Yes, Emily. Yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> you know what else I think is a huge difference, leading on from what Emma said about the, you know, um, manufacturer education versus independent, is having worked for a manufacturer for many years, like coming up for 10 years, um, the main difference was the purpose of education was to sell a product. Yes. Yeah. Whereas as an independent education business, as an independent educator, the purpose of my education, well, it goes back to what is our brand all about, but you know, we're not selling anything other than the courses we're doing, you know? So it's, it's totally repurposed. I think people yes. see through that, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think both bring great comments there to that. Anyone want to add to that? I just, I just wonder, sitting here now, which is dangerous, isn't it? How hard do you think the colour companies have been hit with all the independents? Do you get what I mean? So how many people, because I know a lot of like Weller and stuff, they were shifting all their education to digital. Mm. But I wonder if they've seen it, if they've seen a difference. Well, I think that the product companies have changed. 
I think uh-huh. the companies have recognised that the market's changed, and I think that <clears throat> that they're sponsoring independents who are putting the right message that 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 fits with the brand. And every brand has a different message, yeah, yeah. Um, or yeah. A, a different feel, a taste yeah. level, a different sort of aesthetic. Yeah. And yeah. I think brands are looking to independents to spread that message because if you've got 16,000 hairdressers who are working independently, who are not in a salon, how do you reach them? Yeah. And it's, it's people like us, no? Yeah. yeah. What we're doing. It, we're, it can only be a good thing, can't yeah. it? Absolutely. Maybe it maybe it needed shaking up a bit with mm. old Corona. Mm. <laughs> yeah. If anything, I think the brands are probably doing better. Wouldn't you say? Because like, for example, people who may never have come across, do you use Redken, Sophie? Or... Use Redken and Weller. Yeah. So, I mean, some people might never have come across those brands who are in your group. So perhaps yeah. you're spreading the message even further than Redken yeah. ever could have or Weller yeah. ever could have. So brands are, um, The brands are very good at, um, at now um, collaborating with independent educators. Yeah. Um, I have... Um, I did a live for Redkin last week. Um, so they're very good at Redkin in particular as well. Um, on their, their Instagram page, it's all independent and mm. they will invite you to come on and, and educate. So it's very clever how now this has changed a little bit yeah. where they're yeah. taking more like, I'd say like more hairdressers that have probably got bigger platforms on Instagram um, and using them to, to showcase the products as well. So we've seen a change in that, whereas that, that wouldn't have happened before. You wouldn't have had um, those sorts of opportunities. Um, if Brands we just support you though, don't they, Emma? Because your goodie bags are pretty awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm um, I'm I'm really lucky. Um, I, I mean, really, because it was volume. I was doing so many classes that um, I was just getting out to loads of hairdressers. And really, if brands don't see that. They're, they're yeah. missing something there so um yeah mm. I have um how high brands which is they do the foil they just couldn't do enough for me um and I'm a sunlights balayage um rebel as well they're really supportive and now Red a King, balayage rebel yeah why aren't I one I use sunlights balayage clay and they have like their sort of I don't ambassadors Right. Um, and there's four of us, and they're owned by, they distributed by a company called Rebel Beauty Brands. So oh. we are, we are Sunlight's <laughs> brand rebels. Um, and, um, you know, and, then, and again, they're really supportive of me because I'm putting the product in the hands of yeah. hairdressers. Um, no. You know, it's... Um, who else it's has found that? Who, who else has found, it is a win-win, Emma, absolutely. Who else has found that they've been able to reach out in a... Um, you know, obviously, you've got to have something to offer to reach out to a brand for su- for support. But it, it it depends on what you're offering, the amount of support you get. How, has everyone else found it easy? Yeah, I um, yeah. I I got to Australia by working with a small brand, and it was an organic brand, uh, and it was through working with Hunter Collective, and I, the clients demanded it. So I I mean, the great thing about my clients, I can actually use anything on their hair. Um, because I'm working in a brand neutral space. So if somebody requires a vegan product, um, a more organic colour because of their hair type, then I can use it. And through that, I actually then went to Australia. I went to see my family, but I then worked for the company naturally and did some work over there for them. 
But going okay. forward, Carolyn, in a digital way with hair.com and all those things, obviously you don't want to reveal all their secrets, but are you <coughs> going to, you're, it's brand neutral, as in hair.com is brand neutral, but are you going to be approaching brands for support in different different things? Ab- absolutely, we will be. Yeah. Um, and and, but, but we won't be working with just one brand. Exactly. So cool. that's that's the difference. Years ago, I mean, you know, I was I know, a L'Oreal girl for many con- years. You get tied into a contract. Yeah. So and then you change we, the contract and everyone's shocked. Yeah. yeah. So now... <laughs> this we is feel where, bad for using that different, something different. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and this, is where it's cha- this is where it's changing, though. So, Absolutely. you know, people, brands will pay for a particular project. We had a brand sponsor our shoot. And then we then work with another brand. So that's definitely going to, you're going to see more of that with hair.com through the education. And Annalise, your humankind hair is is Mm. brand neutral. Yet I've seen that both of you have been doing lots of different things with different brands, which is great. Yeah. 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 We launched, we launched as brand neutral. Um, We remain that way. Um, However, a lot of the brands that we like, um, tend to be sort of by the same companies like which yeah. I guess because Harry and I've worked together a lot as well so it just kind of has, has worked out that way but it's great actually it's it's really really refreshing because as, as you're saying as definitely as you and Carolyn know you know you would have been just locked into a contract for a year two years before it was impossible to have any kind of yeah. flexibility um, whereas now I think you know, enough people have kind of rebelled, the brand rebels, <laughs> enough people have rebelled yeah. and said, no, actually, I want to use this, this and this because they're all great products. And the people I... that did it, you know, you look at somebody like like Kai Wilson, I feel like was one of the first people to really do that. Um, I, talk about I can it remember and... being told off for, <laughs> for wanting By to me. use... By <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, Told off because I wanted to use 10 volume on, on yes. like great coverage clients that I didn't want to pull permanent hair color through. And I didn't want to teach it that way. Cause I'm like, I would never do that in the salon. Why do I have to do that? And I, you know, I mean, I got into a lot of trouble for those kind of, mm. kind of things. And yeah, but you know, it, it's evolved and it's really nice to see it evolve yeah. and yeah. see the more authentic conversations that we can have with people because we can kind of say you know I use this for this and but you know actually I use this glaze yeah 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 but it isn't this brand but I use this glaze because I like it and the reason why I like it is because of this and I think that that's what the audience seeks out Sophie what are you doing because I know that you're a passionista aren't you yeah so I'm like a passionista um but then on my courses I do keep it brand neutral so if I'm teaching theory I don't teach it to Weller you know so that everybody can use it you know and when say I am using Weller products as I'm going along I will give people examples of what I'd use across the brands so yeah. I'd be like if I'm Swarbscuff I'd do this and then if I was L'Oreal I might do this you know um, and I basically focus on teaching them the blueprint of how to drive any brand you know just like when you do your driving test if you're learning a Corsa it doesn't mean you can only drive Corsas not that you would drive a Corsa Jack but you know I don't even know what it is <laughs> <laughs> I have a driving license, but I, I'm not allowed to drive in England. I'm, I'm my, my partner says I'm a danger to the public. <laughs> 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 I'm but yeah, so, and, 
I teach them to drive. I teach them to drive anything, you know. Um, but yeah, I like to give loads of examples because that's what they like. They always ask. They're like, "But I'm Squatch Calf. What would mm. I do?" So I think again, as an educator, even if you're going brand neutral, I think again, educating yourself on all the main brands, not all of them, but the main top five, and knowing their ranges as well. Mm. Like well, I think if- that is a fabulous point yeah. to bring to the yeah. table. That is. Yeah. That is very insightful. That's but I think, I think it's really important because if you're teaching and you're using a clay bleach, you're gonna you'll want to have students that will say, "Oh, I don't use that particular range." So you can say, "Well, you can use this one." And that where before you only had that company's clay bleach students in the room, now as an independent educator, yeah. you can have independent students. And that's what's exciting. So you can have yeah. students that work. I don't think hairdressers coming on our courses now are as bothered by that. Where years ago they were, they would only go on the brand course they used in the salon. Yeah. When, when now people like coming out and actually seeing different things and new yeah. things. The dynamics have changed, haven't they? That's for uh, sure. Yeah. That's yeah, for I've, sure. Used, I've used Redkin for the last year and I was a bit nervous because a lot of people did like the fact I used Weller um, and I just used Shade EQ, but everyone's just been really interested in learning a new product as well. So yeah. in my group, they're just interested in new stuff. And again, they're all just, you know, everyone's happy to try new stuff now. It's not so much that you have to be with one brand. Um, so and I've can I just that. say that there's nothing like a liquid gloss? <laughs> a glaze? Do you mean a glaze? A liquid glaze. I... <laughs> Liquid over cream, I'm always going to go for the gel or the liquid, always over a cream. And that's just, that's a personal taste level that I've had for years. Yeah, I've had to, in the past, sort of say, well, the cream works and I would never use it, you know. So I think it's nice that you, yeah. You sometimes yeah. feel like when you're restricted by brands, I remember one of the reasons like with my balayage was that when I, you know, I would never use the, the, the clay that, I worked for the brand with I used someone else's clay and students would say oh do you really like this clay on on the brand course and I'd be thinking no like I use something completely <laughs> yeah. different but you can't say that you have to go yeah absolutely love it you know it gives the most amazing lift whereas behind the scenes I'm using something completely different so that's why I love being independent because I I can be really honest with people about what I like yeah. and what I don't like and why I use things and why I choose things in the studio I stock three different brands now um yeah. which people wouldn't do before no 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 but you know, weren't allowed to, no. weren't allowed I, to. Wasn't, I wasn't mm. at Charles no. Wellington I was not allowed to have another another even another pot or something I used to smuggle, Did you not? smuggle I, I used to smuggle things in I had, and, a cupboard. <laughs> yeah. I had a little cupboard and I think I every single salon I've gone into there's always a secret stash of something somewhere that is somebody's favorite <laughs> And it's not drugs and it's not alcohol, it's colour. <laughs> you know, or it's a shopping product. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's yeah. that's us. We have these yeah. these hero yeah. products. Yeah. And um and I think that I think that the conversation has changed so much now that we can actually say this is one of my, you know, I love this yeah. because of this. And I love for me it's been brilliant. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. This has been some great chat. I don't want to finish it. I feel like there should be part two, three, four, and five. <laughs> now, the the latest thing, of course, is Clubhouse. Um, there's a little bit of TikTok going on, and I think the, the generations have shifted in TikTok too. So even me, I'm doing a bit on TikTok now. 
And then, of course, there's LinkedIn. There are so many different ways we can get to it. I'm going to, because Vivian got left out of that color chat a little bit, and I want to, and you know, Viv's got so much to bring to the table. I want to ask you now who on this, who is under 19 in this group? Nobody, I don't think. Eh? <laughs> right. Me. So let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about TikTok quickly. What do you think of TikTok and how do you see it? changing independent education um so well tiktok is just like any platform really isn't it it's that short form video content it's like quick it's fun um how much can you actually give education wise on tiktok really or are you going to use it to as an advertising kind of to pull somebody back to your actual education so you can only give little snippets Anything, same with Reels. I kind of like look at TikTok and Reels exactly the same way. I tend to talk about them as an ad for something else. So using yeah. it as a like a highlight reel pretty much for something else. I see TikTok as a window into my Instagram account. Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, I see Reels. I mean, my reel this week that did did so well brought lots of people interest to it. So TikTok, I've started to focus on a little bit more. I don't want to be left behind on Instagram, which is what I did with Facebook. I left Facebook behind and moved to Instagram. I don't want to make that disconnect. Anyone yeah. else got any TikTok um, um, education? I I don't use TikTok, but I'm I'm looking at it. But I know a younger hairdresser who has her own salon. She does a lot of brights up near Birmingham and she is doing really well on TikTok including getting brand notice she's yeah. becoming an educator for Paul Bryant but she's also one of her younger girls who started doing really good styling TikTok videos and got some brand support and this but, this is a young stylist in the salon so I think for the younger ones oh, um, don't say she, that to me don't say that to me for the younger ones <laughs> don't say that that's going to upset me what I'm saying is, though, where they would have struggled to get brand brands noticing them on Instagram, mm. they are getting that notice on TikTok. That's interesting. So noticed, yeah, which I've which I think is interesting. Yeah, really interesting. brands are on TikTok. Yeah. You, the L'Oreal Paris is all over TikTok at the moment. Yeah. And so are the other things. It's really interesting. Let's yeah. go to Sophie. TikTok. I know that you were on there playing around. Yeah, on there. you know, have a little play around on there. You know, now and again, the staff love it. Um, you know, for me, is it a big thing for me with this business? No, but my other business, Product Junkie, I am going to try and sell on there. Right. Um, sell my products on there. That's all going on at the moment. And um, we're just this like space. devising <laughs> a plan, and um, because that's kind of like my target audience. You right. know, and with the branks, it's young and fun and sassy, you know, and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, so we've, we've, we're in touch with a couple of influencers on there at the moment who were hoping to help us, you know, stick a rocket up its bum when we launch. So, um, so yeah, so that'll all be good. But I'm, like, really interested in LinkedIn at the moment. Yes. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> Annalise, TikTok? Um, it's not something that we do at the moment. Um, have you looked at it? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think, obviously, things are a little bit different now that we're in another lockdown. We have more time. But that being said, the work that we're currently doing is a full-time job, you know, yeah. if, even. So 
it was really just when we were looking at what platforms to use and not to say this would change in the future, but it was really looking at what could we have the biggest impact on and then let's choose them and then do them really, really well. You know, we didn't want to try and spread out and then become diluted mm-hmm. um, across Vivian too many nodding. platforms. Yeah. Vivian nodding there. Yeah. Emma, yeah. Are, are we going to see you doing something on TikTok, Emma? No, I've got a massive TikTok addiction, but it's absolutely nothing to do with hair. <laughs> no, mine is too. Sorry. The thing about TikTok is that the more you watch something, the more stuff comes up. So it's interesting when you talk to people about what sort of TikTok they have. I yeah. have like a really bizarre TikTok, probably can't talk about it. But my clients are like, I just have dancing and stuff. And I show them the stuff that comes up on my TikTok. And they're like, like where did you get that from so yeah i'll be I... private messaging you later emma to find out if you if you've got the same things as me what is that <laughs> I everyone looks at me I, I wanted to say though that i think and vivian that's really we can end with you on this one i think it's super important to at least have your handle on every single platform that comes out that doesn't mean to say that you have to be spending time on all of them but you know, definitely have a LinkedIn profile as an independent. I think that's super important. I've had mine for a long time. But I think that every new thing I see, I've become a part of. Sophie's husband got me into Clubhouse. Yeah! Not that that I've done a lot with it, but I've got it. I love Clubhouse. I just think it's, I think that getting them is important because you don't want somebody else grabbing your name. Vivian, Mm. do you want to end with that? I completely agree with that. That's exactly what I was going to say. Protect your brand. And whatever your brand is, make sure you protect it. And when there is a new platform that comes out that you grab your username and that's simply just protecting your brand, even if that is going and buying your domain name like really cheaply as well from, you know, these sites as well. If you buy it in every different way you can, you know, you've got to when you've put yourself out there and we spend an awful lot of time building our businesses and building our brands. Like it's very, very important that you look after that and definitely go and get your name on every platform but you know like you said Jack you don't have to use every platform I'm like you Annalise and I think um focus on your one main one and then maybe dip off into another one but definitely have your one focus where your ideal customer or student is yeah I, honest to goodness, what a great afternoon talking to all of you, all heroes of mine, because you're all doing something really interesting. I enjoy all of the things that you're doing, and it's so good to get you virtually in a room and all having a chat. I feel like we could definitely have a part two or part three if you like that idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I love there. that idea. Put some comments in the box below for us then, everyone. (laughs) Thank you very much, guys. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did making it for you. Don't forget to subscribe on your channel that you download your podcasts from. iTunes is my favorite, but I know there are others out there. And also, if you want to follow me on stories on Instagram, it's Jack Howard Color, C-O-L-O-R, the American way, not the English way. And on Facebook, it's Jack Howard Color, C-O-L-O-R. And my website is www.jackhowardcolor, C-O-L-O-R.com. Hold up. 